0: intention interior trucking companies if you are relying on facility insurance you could be overpaying reduce your insurance cost by ten thousand or more per truck and good news we accept drivers with only one year of experience to learn more just send us text by typing insurance to 365-364-0714 thank you so we treat all of our drivers in our shop as the customer because they truly are and thats they're coming to us and we need to respect everything that they're, they're looking for and everything they have to say about their equipment. We communicate very openly and honestly about it, very transparent. We have vehicle statuses up on TV so they can see what's going on with their equipment. Um, we're working on uh, printing out invoices and actually leaving invoices on their seats so they can see all the work that's done and have a, a copy of everything that we accomplished.
1: And that was Brett Wilkie from JP Transco out of Chicago. And he's talking about maintenance and big data. Also how to treat drivers extra special, all that and more on this week's show. Join us. Welcome to the dog on it trucking podcast. When it comes to trucking safety, the dog is on it. Well, what do we do on this show? I get to talk to some of the most influential trucking executives in our industry so that we can pick up new tips and tricks to use in our everyday businesses. So with that, let's get on with the show. Hey, Brett, welcome to the Dog On It Trucking Podcast. How in the heck are you?
0: I'm doing very well, Chris. Thanks for having me on.
1: Hey, it's my pleasure. Let me tell you. Can you tell me a little bit about GP Transco? I know you are a trucking company out of uh, the Chicago area. What is it that you guys do?
0: So we have uh, about 400 tractors, 700 trailers. We're a truckload carrier. Big emphasis of ours is using the most uh, current technologies and utilizing those to make the driver experience and our customer experience as, as positive as possible.
1: Cool, and how large is your fleet?
0: We're about 400 tractors and 700 trailers. That number, um, as we continue to grow, will escalate throughout the rest of the year, and we're looking at uh, some, some additional growth for next year.
1: Uh, well, uh, I got to ask because we're recording this in the middle of COVID, um, and I don't see COVID ending anytime soon. How has COVID affected uh, GP Transco?
0: So it's changed things in several different ways of how we uh, communicate with each other, how we interact. Um, we use technology uh, very extensively, so everybody has webcams. We all have our own ways of uh, of working remotely, so it wasn't a huge departure. We were able to adapt very quickly. Um, we just adopted different safety measures, masks, and hand sanitizers, that type of thing, for our maintenance staff, as well as providing uh, all the PPE equipment for our drivers.
1: And that's that's cool. I mean, I know we're not talking about this yet, but how do they? You mentioned webcams. Are they forward-facing or the driver and forward-facing?
0: So that's for our office staff. We all have our own webcams. So when we move to working remotely from home, we're able to go on Teams or or other Zoom-type softwares and uh, have our own meetings and one-on-one calls, which makes it a little bit more personable than just picking up the phone or sending a text message.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the drivers, how are they communicating with uh, the company?
0: Nothing has changed too dramatically as far as um, our driver interactions. We have multiple different means of communication with them from our own platforms to you know, phone calls um, when they're safely parked and can, can do hands free calling. Um, so when they come into the shop, we just have our, our social distancing measures. We have different precautions that we've taken to make sure that everybody's clean and wearing um, their proper PPE. So we've, we've changed things a little bit in the shop, but uh, for the drivers, communication with their dispatchers and and the rest of the team, not a whole lot has changed there. We were already prepared for for this type of uh, remote conditions.
1: Well, that's pretty cool because, I mean, as truck drivers are the backbone of uh, both Canada and the U.S. and our store shelves would be empty. Now, tell me a bit about yourself. I know you're the VP of maintenance at uh, GP. Uh, How long have you been with them?
0: I've been with GP Transco about four months now. Then, uh exceptional. I absolutely love being here.
1: Okay, what makes it exceptional? You got to tell me.
0: Sure. The uh, it's the people. It really is. Uh, we have all kinds of technology which makes it easier for us to perform our jobs, but it's really all about the people. We have tremendous drivers, easy to communicate with. I think they appreciate the technology as well because we're it enables us to make their jobs more efficient. Well. So we all uh, we all work together. It's pretty casual atmosphere, but very professional and uh, everybody seems to thrive in in that positive atmosphere.
1: And it's funny how when you treat drivers, it sounds like you go out of your way and try to treat the drivers uh, with respect and the dignity that they deserve, which is, you, you know, it creates a real positive atmosphere, I think
0: absolutely so our new maintenance facility in joliet that we just moved into our break room for the technicians and all the shop staff is the same one as is for the drivers so we all eat together talk about different topics it really builds a, a camaraderie that you don't see in many fleets and it's a shame because that's where uh, that's where the where the rubber meets the road if you will
1: wow and i'm glad when you said they all eat together that uh, you didn't say eat and sleep together but you know that's another <laughs> story <laughs> Look, we, we got you. I want to talk to you about some of the big data items that um, GP Transco is using and you're using. Um, how are you leveraging some of this, as they call it, you know, quote unquote, big data uh, to make decisions when it comes to uh, GP?
0: So as we continue to compile data, um, we can use it for asset management decisions, for PM intervals as we trend towards predictive maintenance, we're able to use all of the data that already exists and all the infrastructure of the tractors and trailers and and put it to work for us to make better business decisions.
1: But what kind, okay, so all the data, what kind of data are you collecting now?
0: So we get data feedback from all the different various sensors, miles per gallon, we have failure rates, we input that into maintenance software As long as it's uh, input correctly, you know, the old garbage in, garbage out type mentality, um, as long as we input it correctly, we're able to filter and find trends that that point us in the right directions.
1: And what kind of trends have you been seeing recently? Can you, without giving away obviously trade secrets because you own the data, is there something that you can say, we've spotted this and this is how we're handling it?
0: Sure. There have been, uh, and I don't want to call out any any specific manufacturers, but we've seen uh, a pretty consistent alternator failure rate at a certain mileage, and we've seen that fairly consistently, and it's going to enable us to change our PM intervals or add it at a certain interval or create a new interval to inspect and or replace the equipment at that time. So we don't turn it into a roadside event.
1: So that was an alternator specific item, you said? Yes. Well, that's pretty cool. So I would assume then that you're going to swap the alternator out before the typical time frame that it fails. Now,
0: correct. For example, if we we're we're seeing a 45% failure rate by 500,000 miles, we'll look at 450,000 miles as a potential replacement date, so we don't have downtime for the driver, which you know, it could let down customers. It's frustrating for the drivers. It costs us money. Uh, we can be more proactive in how we treat these issues and and take care of them before they become a roadside event.
1: Yeah, that's that's cool, because as a truck driver myself, or at least as a former truck driver, I hated breaking down on the road. It's, it's never at the best time, and it's always inconvenient. Um, it's always on that load that, oh, i got to get this done so I can get home to get to an event that I have planned, and here it is another time that I disappoint my family. Um, it just pisses people off. Absolutely. Like a, can you give me an example of the uh, of a fleet or an operator how you use the data potentially l- lowering your cost? Is that an example of the alternator?
0: Sure. Yeah. And that's uh, so certain ways that we use the data is VMRS coding, which is Vehicle Maintenance Reporting Standards.
1: Oh, thank so you. because I wouldn't there, have known what the hell that acronym was.
0: Sure. Yeah. It's it's uh, maintained by the Technology and Maintenance Council of the American Trucking Association which I'm an active and participating member in. We use uh, VMRS coding. There's several hundred thousand codes, so we can get very, very granular and specific with all the data that we have. And when we use that data properly, we input it properly, filter it properly. Uh, It's very, very powerful to to get a very clear picture of how your fleet's performing.
1: Well, that's that's cool. And now that would obviously lead us to talking about cost per mile your CPM is how are you using this to more accurately uh, figure out what your fleet's cost per mile is and how it affects pricing in in your market
0: it helps dramatically so there's there's various different code keys in vmrs which is how you input information and filter it Um, if you put everything as a repair you have no idea what your accurate CPM is. For example, accidents, recalls, statutory inspections, any damage from natural causes, or decommissioning of equipment, that gets withdrawn from CPM models, so you get an accurate portrayal of what it actually costs to run the equipment.
1: And can you tell us what uh, software, is this stuff that you've developed in-house, or is it a, a canned piece of software that you're using to do all this?
0: There are various off the off the shelf softwares that already use VMRS and are fully integrated, and that's uh, that's what we're using right now. We're using a software called RTA. There's also TMT Suite. There's uh, Dossier. There's there's several different uh, software for fleets to use that already use that technology.
1: Yeah, and that's the important part. There, I think, is that unfortunately a fleet's got to spend some money to get the software because i'm sure none of this is inexpensive Um, and then you got to maintain the software just like a truck
0: exactly yeah and you have to train your staff again back to the uh, what you get out of it is only what you put into it so if you have to fully understand the vmrs coding system uh, so when you're for example if you have a roadside event you get that invoice you know how to properly put that invoice into the system it's a lot easier when things are in the shop but when it happens over the road you need to understand how that Process works so you ensure that your data is the most uh, accurate as possible.
1: And, and one of the things that I see up here often is when it comes to breakdowns on the road, the information isn't properly inputted into the system. And I'm specifically thinking of a DOT audit um, where the auditor is saying, Hey, prove to me that you fixed this breakdown or a violation at a scale. You know, Prove to me that you fixed it, and the invoice that accompanied the fix doesn't have all the right stuff on it.
0: Absolutely. It's critical. So when, when you're using a system that's as robust as some of these softwares are, as you go through and input the information in there, that's a great place to find where there may have been something omitted from the invoice. And you can find that proactively, ask for it to be revised, ask to make sure it was done correctly in the first place, and uh, try to catch some of those things before they turn into a nightmare.
1: Uh, Speaking of nightmares, um, predictive maintenance. Um, Without predictive maintenance, fleets are a nightmare, I think. Can you talk a little bit about predictive maintenance and smart trailers and how they are affecting GP Transcom?
0: Sure, so as we trend towards predictive maintenance, I think this is going to be something that grows pretty dramatically in popularity in the next several years. Uh, We have all the data already accessible. It's just learning how to best utilize it. So again, kind of back to the alternator idea, as we as we look at our data sets and and identify different trends of failures, um, we're able to be more proactive about how we prepare equipment in the shop and we change our PM schedules accordingly. And we can do that by year, make, model, any sort of different way we wanna set up our PM schedules based on the modeling that we get from all of our data. And that's gonna increase as we go over to smart trailers and we start getting Know hub temperature feedback, brake life indicators, that type of thing is going to allow us to modify our PM schedules so that we don't have these roadside events and un uh, you know unreported issues that uh, that frustrates drivers to no end.
1: Well, frustrates drivers, frustrates the shippers and the receivers, and even dispatch because it just it's a breakdown. It's a breakdown. Absolutely,
0: now, I,
1: Yeah, and that's. I think we all as a driver i think i accept that there are going to be some breakdowns but yeah you know there are some fleets that i wouldn't drive for because i know they don't maintain their equipment and there's other fleets that of course drivers do pick to drive for because they do keep their fleet up to date but smart trailers this is something i'm a safety guy and i'm not in the maintenance department so smart trailers is a new term to me, I'm sure it's not to many people, but can you explain what you mean by smart trailers? What kind of sensors are going to be? I assume that it's going to be sensors added to different components.
0: Sure. So it's um, it, there. There's some varying uh, opinions on what it should look like. Uh, there's there, most of the technology already exists. The suppliers have most of this technology ready to implement. Uh, a lot of the popular ones are, you know, hub oil temperature. Break, low brake life indicators uh, weight uh, indicators for the floor door open door close I know those are already popular but he, um, you know has probably seen or heard of that type of uh, stuff but there's there's other things where we can uh, potentially sense for moisture conditions inside the trailer you know, some of those things that the biggest the biggest holdback on a lot of these is how do you get the data back to the fleet? How do we tie into a data link and send that information back? Because if it just exists in the trailer, it's not useful to the fleet. We have to get that information home somehow. That seems to be uh, one of the issues right now.
1: Yeah, I would imagine it's got to get home. And often these, um, from what I understand and and understand, it's been at least 15 years, no, God, longer since I worked for a fleet. Um, I know you don't know. I used to my last corporate job, I worked for an insurance company that ensured trucking. So um, you may have heard of uh, Great West Casualty out of the States. I worked for the Canadian arm up here for Great West. But um, okay, so I've, I've been far removed. The last time I thought about it, when a trailer was unplugged from a tractor, then basically most of the GPS or the most of the sensors would go dormant because they had had no power. Is that still the case today?
0: Oftentimes it is. Uh, we can remotely activate them and turn things on, uh, but it does affect battery life. So we have to be uh, prudent on how we do those systems and how we activate them for tracking purposes. But the battery life has dramatically improved over the years. So we don't have as many of those issues now as, say, 10 years ago.
1: Well, back in my day, batteries were something new. Uh, not, <laughs> And I don't mean new. but. Uh, they just didn't have the life that they have today sure you know uh, because we're talking 20 years ago so hey any thoughts on uh, how you GP transco better utilizing the fleet affects your vendors
0: sure I think the biggest thing that we can do uh, to manage our vendor relationships is just to be open and honest Uh, that's the best philosophy for both us and I feel for our dealer and vendor partners Uh, if we have open and honest communication throughout, whether it's a a repair, roadside event, ordering equipment, but if we're constantly communicating and being honest about the expectations, it minimizes confusion and frustration for everybody. So uh, to understand some of the the roadblocks they may face and if they understand the deadlines that we need things done from the get-go, it makes it just a, a much smoother transaction for everybody.
1: Well, not just that. You know, I'm thinking of the alternator example again they need to know if a part is failing prematurely on a regular basis. They also need to know all about all of that.
0: Absolutely. We'll take some of those data sets as we continue to compile more and more information that points us into these directions and show us trends. We absolutely give that information back to the OEM. Yeah, I
1: mean, And are you, you must be tracking, um, cost per mile, uh, or mileage. Uh, vehicle, what do you call it, uh, miles per gallon, that's what you would say. <laughs> you must be tracking that. How, how is the fleet doing when it comes to uh, fuel economy? Knowing that one of my good friends is an environmentalist, so fuel economy and the environment are, are tightly intertwined, I believe, and, and miles per gallon is a big metric uh, for a lot of fleets.
0: Absolutely. Fuel is not only a huge expense, but as you burn more fuel, you're polluting more. So it, it, it's a win-win to, to encourage every single possible way that we can to improve our fuel economy. So We offer incentive programs for our drivers. They get an extra cent per mile if they're in top 50% of fuel utilization for their category. So they're not competing. They're competing with drivers in the exact same category. So if they have an EPU, they're not competing with a driver with an APU their same make model year it's a uh, it's, it's just an incentive to to be more efficient with your
1: equipment yeah that, that i like first of all kind of cost or miles per gallon i really believe from a safety point of view those drivers who are most fuel efficient are also the safest because being fuel efficient means you got to leave or one of the ways is to leave a lot of space uh, in between you and the vehicle in front of you, so you don't have to touch your brakes. Well, oh, that Absolutely. translates into safety to me you Sure know. Hey w- one of my uh, Things one of my goals c- quite honestly between you and I is I want a Tesla Model X um, And uh, it's on my uh, list. I'm going to get a Tesla Model X Don't know when yet, but I'm going to get one but Tesla is about to bring out uh, an electric truck in 2021. I think uh, maybe may be delayed till 22, but what do you think generally speaking? It's not just Tesla. Of course there's Nikola um, Freightliners now brought one out uh, pretty much all the trucking manufacturers are bringing out electric. What's your thoughts on electric trucks?
0: I'm glad you brought up the Tesla truck. We actually have two of them on order. So we're very anxious to uh, take delivery of those Tesla trucks and put them to work. Um, I, I think there's a there's a great market for them. There's ways that we can utilize them very efficiently. One of the biggest holdbacks right now seems to be infrastructure for charging networks um, across the country, but that will improve. I know we'll get there. Um, it, it's just going to take some time. So it's uh, it's very positive. Volvo is currently using some uh, electric VNRs out in California, and they're running a route with them. So I believe they have uh, maybe a dozen of them. So right. Now running right now. So uh, it seems to be uh, up and up and running. Electric trucks are gaining traction.
1: Uh, And this is just an opinion from a guy who knows shit, Uh, sorry, doesn't know anything. Um, I really think both cars and trucks, electricity is the way of the future. I I think gas and diesel have had their day. It's going to be, it's not going to be immediate in the next couple of years because you know your fleet I don't know how long how long do you keep a tractor typically now
0: about three years three years uh 400,000 miles is the target
1: okay so after three years you sell it and somebody else buys it and uses it for another anywhere from five to seven so you know in my experience typically a tractor stays on the road for 10 years so anybody who buys a diesel tractor today um, it's not coming off of our highways uh, for another 10 or so years uh, and perhaps even longer. So uh, when I say electric's coming, I really believe it is. Part of that, and you mentioned you, you purchased two of the Tesla trucks. Uh, one of my customers up here in Canada also purchased a couple. I think they ordered four. But being in Canada, a we uh, will be at near the bottom of the list of getting them. But it's still it's interesting. What do you think of autonomous? Um, or driver assisted technologies. Uh, just speak to that for what's, today, what's your fleet buying? Are you ordering any of these, um, uh, you know, the cruise control that automatically brakes I forget what you call it, and things like that on your trucks now?
0: Absolutely, all of our equipment has the full safety suite. Every single safety option we can get to assist our drivers and every other person out in the motoring public, we take full advantage of. We have uh, some trucks on order now with predictive cruise control, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, it learns the highways as you drive and lets you carry a little momentum down the hill. So you carry it up the other side and it, it learns everything else. So it's, it's really neat. We have uh, all of the safety suite items um, on, on all of our equipment. We even spec our trailers in the most safe manner possible.
1: Yeah, that's, that's cool because I really think like, the you know, if you don't use your turn signal, in a lot of these trucks uh, to switch lanes, an alarm goes off. And gosh darn it, I think truck drivers, in largely I know they do use their turn signals, um, but of course that's not the reason for the alarm. The, the reason for the alarm is if the driver is drowsy and starts to leave his lane. But I wish we could come up with a way that car drivers would also be told to use their GD signals, but you know. <laughs>
0: absolutely so a pretty cool technology that we have on our equipment too is if there is a vehicle in your blind spot and you turn on your turn signal it alerts you so it has radar on the side of the truck which is which is very helpful
1: that sounds kind of cool because i'm sure that's what my tesla when i get it my tesla is going to do the same thing you know
0: and it'll pick you up <laughs> remotely
1: <laughs> yeah that as i say well i don't know that uh, i'll be buying a new tesla my goal right now uh, with I think it's going to be a 2016 2017 model year, probably. Um, But with the electric motor that Tesla figures you can get a million miles out of, well, I think I can afford to pick up a used vehicle. There's other things, of course, that wear out on vehicles, not just the motor, but as you know, being a maintenance guy, but uh, hey, whatever. Uh, Tips on keeping drivers happy. what tips do you have for our listeners and watchers about keeping your truck drivers and your fleet happy
0: so we treat all of our drivers in our shop as the customer because they truly are and that's they're coming to us and we need to respect everything that they're they're looking for and everything they have to say about their equipment we communicate very openly and honestly about it very transparent we have vehicle statuses up on tv so they can see what's going on with their equipment um, we're working on uh, printing out invoices and actually leaving invoices on their seats so they can see all the work that's done and have a, a copy of everything that we accomplish. Uh, we have people that are go to um, people in the company, so if there's any issues, we take care of it on the back end and try to make it as, as seamless and quick as possible for our drivers.
1: Just the invoice thing that's kind of cool because I know when I drove a truck, I would take it in and I would never know what they did. Um, the mechanic never thought it was my right, I guess, to know. I think that's great. I assume then that you have dedicated units to drivers?
0: We largely do. Most of it's over the road, so they're, they, they're in their trucks uh, the vast majority of the time, so we don't switch around a whole lot. Um, and, and it's important, like you said, that if maybe there's a concern that uh, somebody forgot to mention to us, and if we give them a receipt and they see on the on the invoice that it wasn't done, Before they leave, they can tell us, hey, we didn't do this, or maybe the maintenance staff forgot to put it on the ticket, or maybe they forgot to tell us, or whatever it may be, but we'll get it taken care of before they leave.
1: No, and I think that goes a long way to um, keeping drivers happy, and thus reducing driver turnover, because of course, that's a huge cost to every trucking company. Sure. Right? Brett, what parting words of wisdom I'm putting the pressure on you now. What parting words of wisdom do you have for our watchers and viewers?
0: Biggest thing is from a maintenance perspective is just to treat the drivers with respect and they will reciprocate the respect back. Everybody just wants to be treated fairly. Um, do the best, uh, the best job you can the first time. Nobody wants to come back. And uh, you know, one thing we do is we send surveys out to all of our drivers gauging our performance from a maintenance standard. It's not all about what we want to do all the time and how we want to fix equipment. It's about how we're performing from their standards, too. So, it's a, you know, you have to try to look at it from every possible perspective.
1: Well, I think it's, I mean, many companies send out surveys to their customers, and that's what you said a driver is to the maintenance department, literally. They are the customer in this case. Uh, and you may or may not know this, does GP Transco send out other surveys besides from this the maintenance department?
0: Yes, we do company-wide ones as well from operations to dispatch. We cover everything from A to Z. And then we actually just recently sent one out last week regarding maintenance specifically.
1: Well, that's pretty cool. Hey, Brett, I really wanna thank you for appearing on the Dog On It Trucking Podcast. Um, thank you so much, my friend. Um, and uh, we are taping this just before Independence Day. So I'll hopefully, are you off tomorrow?
0: We are. We are off tomorrow and Saturday, so it'll be a nice long holiday weekend.
1: Well, enjoy your weekend, my friend. Thanks so much for coming on the show.
0: All right. Thanks so much for having me. It's great.
1: I hope you loved the show as much as I did. Please leave us a like, a thumbs up. A review, a comment, a rating, if it is in your heart. Thank you so much. And I do really appreciate your time. And join us again next week for another exciting interview.